Hello and welcome. Hi, Hudson. Hi. Uh, I'm Hi, Adam. I'm Hudson. Hudson. Uh, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this show is. Uh, we just wanted to do a podcast so we could talk about video games. Uh, I got laid off a week ago, so I said, I need something to do. Yeah, and I quit a pretty good job three months ago to try to do some writing, and here I am making a podcast. So the writing's going really well. Yeah. How many words have you written so far? More than three. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. Uh, where did you work? I know where you worked, but if someone, if one person happens to be listening to this, they might not know. Yeah, so I have spent, Jesus, eight years at Rooster Teeth, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about. And I still work at Rooster Teeth as a contractor, but for the last eight years, up until three months ago, I was working on the help test team with Adam. Uh, and then when you left, I uh, took over the IT department. And I was running that for a long time until Adam Baird uh, came back as head of technology. Um, and then I quit. And you quit just because you you wanted to do your own thing. I got tired of IT. Um, it was a great job. Rooster Teeth is a great company. Uh, but I, I really want to do something creative. And I think that's why I'm here and why I'm trying to do some writing. For sure. Um, yeah, Hudson was the, the first person that me and Adam hired after myself. Uh, we went through a lot of interviews. Um, not saying all of them sucked, but <laughs> at least one of them did. You know who you are. Uh, <laughs> but Hudson said the magic words, and he said, I like Dark Souls. And I went, wow, uh, we got to hire that guy. Um, and honestly, man, what I'm so thankful we did, because like me and you spent a lot of time working together many years, and we became very close friends, even though I annoyed the shit out of you. Uh, yep. but like there were so many, so many good memories. There were so many days we would like walk outside just to hang out and be like, man, this is the best job in the world. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm really thankful that, um, well, one, I'm really thankful that I talked about video games during my interview because apparently that's what sealed the deal. Yeah, dude. If you don't like the same video games as me, why do I want to hang out with you? <laughs> um, so that's a tip for anybody if you ever get interviewed by Adam or right. Adam Baird. That's all it uh, takes. He said, I've never touched games. a computer, but I sure love Dark Souls. <laughs> I said, whoa. Um, well, yeah. Rooster I, I left for other reasons. I got like, once Adam Baird left, um, man, I was like, I was also creatively starved because, you know, I was doing Master and Apprentice for a while. Mm-hmm. That got stopped. That didn't get stopped, but it was like impossible to get new episodes made. Um, and then, like, I was doing a podcast for a while with Ashley. It was her podcast, but I was, I was on it regularly. Um, that got stopped. Uh, you know, events stopped coming, and I just got like. Then I had to be an, a systems administrator all the time, and I didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I have a lot of fun memories at Rooster Teeth, and. Um, yeah, I don't take it lightly. I, I definitely like, I'm so thankful for that place. And man, I, I, uh, since I've been laid off, obviously one of the first steps is you polish up your resume. And a couple of years ago, uh, I did my resume, but now I polished it up and I went through and looked at everything. And then I went through and I was like, I have to do a LinkedIn. So I did a LinkedIn. I started making connections with all the people that I had, uh, worked at with Rooster Teeth. And it was like, 
opening up a high school yearbook. Like I, I forgot it was like, I, I don't mean to sound like an asshole. I'm just, I have a bad memory, mm-hmm. but I forget that people exist. And then mm-hmm. you say their name and suddenly like they're back in existence and you remember right. all of the things that you ever did with them or interact. Like there are so many people that we spent so much time with at that company that I've forgotten about. But now I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so fond of that person. Can't believe I haven't talked to him in years. Yeah. I, I do the same thing. I, I just, I get, I get really focused in on just whatever's going on in my life currently. And I forget that I used to also, I had a past life yeah. with other people in it. But you're, you're pretty introverted too. I'm extremely introverted, which sucks. I hate being introverted. Yeah, sometimes I think it's good, and then I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm depressed. I've got to get out of the house yeah. and meet, meet up with my friends, which I'm, me and you have been hanging out pretty regularly now, and we hadn't for like two, three years because of the pandemic, right. which sucks, but it's not like we lost touch. Um, but man, I, like every weekend when it's not a board game night, I'm like, man, I wish it was a board game night. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll like text him, like, you want to do board games? He's like, I have plans. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> But I mean, that's on me. I, I, I'm, I'm always, I don't think about it until the night of, and like, of course people are busy. But I yeah. just want to say, I, I really enjoy hanging out and playing board games. Man, me too. I'm glad we're hanging out more now. Me too. I'm glad we're doing this. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. I did want to say, you know, I'm not really sure until just this moment, when we were just when you said, talked about depression, I'm not really sure if I'm introverted or depressed. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I think people maybe are totally introverted and happy about that. And I don't know if that's me. I mean, is this, a, is this a, <laughs> is this a psychology podcast? Psychology friendship podcast. That's fine. Uh, so, I mean, I'm definitely introverted and depressed because I find myself, I, when I'm presented with opportunities to like go do new things, my instinct is like, no, right. I want to stay home. Part part of it is because I get like insane anxiety with crowds, and that's Same. only gotten worse in the pandemic. Part of it is because like, dude, video games are the thing I love to do. When I have some downtime, I want to do that. Yeah. Um, and part of it's because I'm like I'm fat and lazy, but I am getting I'm I'm more active in the past month. I've been working out, so we're uh-huh. working on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm definitely I'm definitely a mix of both. But I think I've been on like I've been climbing out of my depression hole. I was in one for like two years, but I think combination of hanging out with friends. And working out has made like a world of difference. And like yeah. just like regular scheduled stuff. It's crazy the difference working out, just working out can make in your mental health. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not like a gym rat. No, me neither. Yeah. yeah. But like just a little bit. It's a lot. Yeah. Just getting some sunlight and moving. Oh, yeah. That's, that, yeah, dude. If you're like, if you're introverted like I am, or many people are, you got to take some vitamin D. Yeah. Because I didn't take vitamin D for, uh, dude. I went to the doctor recently. He's like, you don't have any vitamin D. And I was like, well, none? He's like, no. Do you don't have Windows? I go, no. <laughs> so, uh, well, since none of us know, uh, or since people might not know who we are, uh, I wanted to talk about um, some, some get to know you things. Yeah. Some like okay. where you, I mean, we're here to talk about games because we both love video games. That's how we bonded. And man, I just like to talk about, we would spend endless hours in the office talking about fucking MMOs and the fact that they're dead and how sad we are. Yep. Um, and we figure, why don't we just bitch on the microphone? So yeah. uh, I was thinking recently about the first time I experienced an online game and we grew up, we're pretty similar in age. I'm 32, I think, 35, six, I six, think, I think. 
Um, so we grew up in an age where there were not online video games, and then there were. That was crazy. That was a. It was a different. It was a humongous shift. Yeah. In like how like when I started playing games, it was like Nintendo. I'd play Super Mario Brothers, and then I would play N sixty four. I play Goldeneye. You do like multiplayer with friends locally. Um, and then like I got a computer and I heard about a game called StarCraft and BattleNet. And boy, if you want to take a trip down memory lane, dude, logging into old BattleNet or seeing the videos of logging into old BattleNet. Yeah. Holy shit. So that was, I mean, that was like life changing. Yeah. It it was also uh really shocking. And and what I mean by that is I, I you know. In my friend group, peer group, I was far and away the best at every video game. And this isn't this isn't this isn't bragging. This isn't bragging because hardly any of them were really gamers. Uh-huh. So we would play Goldeneye, and I would just murder everybody. Yeah, you'd stomp them. And then you you're very competitive, by the way. I am very competitive. Yeah, that's I, a big. Difference I'm I'm the opposite. I hate competition. But go on. So you. You start to think of your well, at least I started to think of myself as extremely good at video games, totally. and then you log in to play Halo online for the first time and just get murdered mercilessly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a really young age to have like a reality ego check, but I think it was good. There's so many good lessons, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna write this down so I can talk about them. <laughs> I wrote lessons down. Um, what, so what other than Halo, was Halo your first online game or was there something else? I think Halo was the first time I played an online game. And was it, did you do Halo one like with Xbox connect or did yes. you, how fucking that was like, you feel like, Oh my God, I'm a computer hacker. Yeah. I'm a computer hacker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was crazy. I, I got in that Halo was one of the first games that I got so sucked into playing and, and be the classic uh it's an online game mom i can't pause it yeah and they don't understand that my parents didn't understand that and that was a consistent source of angst and terror in my household yeah my parents would yell at me constantly to get off and i would try to explain that i was in a match yeah there was a very brief time where you could do things online it wasn't as much no, I no, I I think I did play some StarCraft on a dial-up connection because I remember uh you know if you have one line in your house and you're online and someone calls and it gets picked up your phone now line is now talking to someone else and not talking to the internet. Yeah. And you you drop from a game yeah. and that was a huge pain in the ass. I don't think people realize how different it was. Um but so for those who are unfamiliar, Halo 1 was prior to xbox live by like a couple years or by one year two years one or two years anyways um so and and this was back in the day where like even if xbox live came out there was no like updates for games you could get sometimes you would get you would go out and buy expansion packs on on discs but so xbox connect was a service that allowed you to plug your xbox into a computer uh, a LAN, or, or like a switch or a i think we called them hubs back then they were different things but Anyways, you plug your computer into a switch or a hub and plug that into your computer, your, your, you plug your Xbox into a switch or a hub, and it would basically hook into your computer and then talk to a network of other computer, other Xboxes, and it would convince it that it was a LAN network because Halo did have LAN support because you could go to LAN parties mm-hmm. and do that. And dude, 
I didn't believe it was real until the first time I hit connect and I was in a game with someone else. I was, I could not fucking believe it. It was incredible. I mean, it was, it's hard to describe not growing up with being able to connect with your friends in, in each of your own houses and, and then suddenly being able to play together. Totally. Because yeah, it was a pain in the ass to have to, get everybody together and try to like hook consoles we, up to each other. We still did. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. As kids, like, I mean, I, I, I remember having a, I mean, I've the most recent land party I've had, I think is either wild star or final fantasy 14. Uh, but I mean, I did, um, I remember my halo two launch day land party or launch weekend land party at a friend's house. I mean, there, we still did that stuff after online games, but yeah, it was like, this is now your lifestyle. Right to play online games. Um, I remember like one of the early, when, when Xbox live came out, that was like one of the most memorable gift of my childhood, entire childhood. It was my dad giving me that. And I played return to castle Wolfenstein. And I remember like meeting this nice. dude. And the other thing is like, you don't really meet people in games anymore. Cause everyone, you just think everyone's fucking annoying. And that might be a thing of age. I'm, I'm, I'm I think it's definitely partly that I, I would be curious if, I'd be curious to get some younger people's takes on that. Yeah. Do you still, do you form friendships on games? Cause I, I sure don't anymore. No. Yeah. But like growing up, absolutely. Right. Um, but I met this one guy and he was so good and I was like, can you teach me? And <laughs> I remember him giving me lessons in return to castle Wolfenstein, but they are lessons that I still use today of like, um, he's like, you know, so if, if you're shooting out this window and a guy's running at you and he's going to come in the front door to get you, you want to surprise him by like going out the back window, then flanking him and running around behind him. Like that makes so much sense. <laughs> and like, whereas, you know, before I was just shooting at him until he got right up to the window or whatever, right. you know, um, it's a little, and he like taught me, he's like, you do this. If you jump up in the air and shoot, you know, they won't see you for a second. <laughs> this is amazing. This is the best guy ever. That's another interesting point that I, you know, man, we were all so terrible at games, but, Yeah. but now people, are getting so good at games because from such an early age, their skills are being formed in the crucible of online. I also think it's like there's have. a dissemination of knowledge. Yeah. That, that helps because, you know, you don't know what is a meta or what a strategy you can employ is. And like, you know, if, if, if I was just left up to my devices, I would only ever play games one way, the way that just felt right. And then, but you know, you look at, other people's builds or other people's, you know, the way people are doing things. Like, I'm going to try that. And then suddenly you have something that works better for you. Right. Um, but yeah. So to give you an example of how non-competitive I am, when I would play StarCraft, uh, you could go online and play with other people and you could do competitive or you could do, there would be lobbies called comp stomps where you'd play computers and you just, you would literally <laughs> only play and you put it on like super low rush mode or whatever, like, like, like high resources, but they wouldn't rush for like 10 minutes. So you could just like the whole game was just build up an army and go kill the computer. And like occasionally you'd have people that would like, you would kill the computer together and then they would like switch alliances so that like they would now be your enemy and you'd be like, Oh no. And then they would kill you. <laughs> I always hated that. Oh man. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, I just have never had that in me. Like I like winning. It's fun, but yeah, I, I just like when I, when I'm in competition with people, I just I'm like, I don't, I'm no good, but cause yeah, I'm afraid of losing. Yeah. You know, I'm afraid of losing too, 
I don't know what it is. And, and it's only certain games that I can really uh, play competitively solo. My competitiveness is I want to play with my friends competitively. Mm. Against your friends? Or Either or. With? Okay. Uh, I, I do like uh, just playing with my friends, just uh, StarCraft or whatever else we play. But I have you heard of the term ladder anxiety? N- n- no, but it I'm going to make a guess. I'm going to make a guy have ladder anxiety, but I'm going to make a guess that it's something about like you're afraid of deranking, like you're climbing the rank ladder, and then it's it's not even that. So it's um, that it's a concept that I've I've read about in in people like League of Legends or StarCraft or people these solo ladders where you're playing by yourself. Mm-hmm. And I had this to a for a long time to an extent where you have this anxiety about playing ranked competitive solo so much so that you just don't because yeah. and and the, but the, what is that what's the anxiety stem well, from other than just like not wanting from, to lose what i understand is yeah you don't want to lose because then you have to face the fact that you suck <laughs> yeah. and it's there's an element of for, at least for me there was an element of the the I don't, i'm struggling for the words the the fear of like people trash talking you and you feeling bad about yourself because people used to talk shit in in when I was playing. Oh, Starcraft, they still StarCraft Two Ladder. My God, I still play. So I still play Call of Duty. I had to eventually like permanently disable yeah. voice comms, but not because of the shit talking, because of just like people would just come on and blurt like have just noise playing at max level. But yeah, <laughs> <Unbelievable>. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, that's interesting. I I don't play ranked because I'm like I'm. I don't. I don't want the serious competition. Yeah. Not like there are games where I'm pretty good at. Like when I played Halo Two, I was competitive, not in like a esports sense, but like me and my friends would all like compete for like like position on the the scoreboard and stuff like that, and that was fun. Like I felt good at that game, and that game had a sliding rank system as well. Like so, you would rank up, and then if you lost a few, you would rank down. You like, I think the max level is like fifty, so you were always trying to push to fifty, and that was always. Like a that was always something in the back of your mind you had to worry about, but yeah, but yeah, uh, something I get, I think when I hit around thirty, I just stopped giving a shit. Yeah, something about just I just don't care anymore. If I lose. Yeah, there's a I, I definitely have gone through that too. I play like I it's I don't real I don't know why I play Call of Duty still, but I still play this year's Call of Duty, and yeah, I don't give one fuck how I do. <laughs> I just go in there sometimes I, like for. My entire Christmas break, me and my friend Brian just got rocket launchers, and legitimately for eight hours a day, we were just rocket launching people. So fun. And we were, like, top of the leaderboard most of the match. It's, like, it's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, not that I care, but it's like, yeah, this was, this was a good strategy and very fun, and people got mad. Um, that was the real fun, is making people mad. Do you, do you, do you, did you ever grief people? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still grief people. Yeah, I don't. I'm not really sure why. Does it mean we're are we bad people for enjoying that? So no, much? I think okay. every, everyone. I mean, yes, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. All right. But what? Like what? What do you? What's? What do you? Give me a griefing example. Ah, oh, man. You know, I, I would say most of my most of the history of my griefing was in World of Warcraft. You play a PvP server? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I could never. I could never. 
I mean, I have, but I don't like it. Yeah, I played Horde. Yeah, and, the worst. Uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time in Goldshire uh, just killing people. Goldshire was my happy place on my PvE server. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we would just kill all the quest givers for hours at a time so that nobody could turn in or accept That's new nuts. quests. That's crazy. I don't know. I mean, I, I, that is... You know what you're signing up for. In, in some respects, like, that to me isn't even griefing. That is playing, like, why else are you on a PvP server? That's true. I mean, you're there for competition, mm-hmm. and, yeah, you're losing, and there's no way you could win because you're level 10, and, you know, you're probably, like, level 60. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's why I never played those because, like, I, I know what this is. I, I know what I'm signing up for, which is the same reason I don't play a lot of games that are PvE only or PvP only, I mean. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the the fun part of that was not necessarily the s- screwing over the low level players. The fun was causing an issue in an alliance town that then other alliance players would come fight you for to try right. to get you out, and then you'd have fun PvP like world PvP experience. Right. Yeah. I I just did not, real griefing. I just well, okay. Well, give me an example of a real. Griefing. I have a lot. I'll give you one that turned into a wholesome experience. Okay. So in Halo 2, they had they had introduced something. I think this was new at the time. To ha- like Halo introduced this feature. I could be wrong, but I'm going to live my own fairy tale. Uh, Halo 2 introduced uh, proximity chat. So when you were near an enemy player, you could hear their voice comms within a certain distance. And the closer they got, they got the louder they were or whatever. So, um, Man, that was in Halo 2? Yeah. It's crazy. It's old, right? Yeah. That's- 2004. November 9th, 2004. Seems really early. Like, it, like it, proximity it, chat seems like a, a new hot thing now in games. Totally. It's crazy. Yeah, like, Call of, Warzone just got it this... Right. Like, it's still not... A, anyways. Um, so, me and my friend Sean, uh, who was, like, my best friend growing up, like my brother, we would play games constantly and whatever. Uh, we were driving around, and um, he was gunner, I was driver, and we would just, like, try to single out people and say, hey, hey, come join our group we want to be friends and talk to you and so we would like people would come on our thing and we would talk to them and say how are you doing good to know you and then we would just like in our heads like have a countdown and we would both have out kill them at the same time like, you know just like ha 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 sucker like we took advantage of your good nature <laughs> then um one of the dudes we did it to whose name is uh or nate um he was like wait 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 i want to be your friend and so we became friends and played games for years together this was in 2004 and then in 2010 we ended up like starting a tradition for that went on for three years where we all went to pax together we would me and sean would drive from pennsylvania around the philadelphia area to outside boston and we would sleep over at his house the night before pax and then we would drive to pax together we all split a hotel room and like the dude invited me to his wedding i couldn't go because it I lived in Texas, but right. I mean, you build these like impactful, long-lasting friendships back then, uh, which I have not done online in a long no. time. I think uh, that is just an age thing. You think so? I think so. You think Roblox kids? I think Roblox kids are probably making friends. They probably are. Yeah, man, but they're also getting scammed. You ever get scammed in a video? You ever get like? When was the last time you got like fucked over, scammed in a video game? In or, terms, give me an of, example in terms of, of real world scamming? No, no, just like it hurt your little kid feeling so bad. Uh, I mean, I, I got scammed in Path of Exile, and it hurt my big adult feelings real bad. No. All right, I want to hear that one. Um, 
that's it's establishing the context. Essentially, in Path, there is a a, a frequent scam. In that game, you trade with people. Um, so you message somebody. They have an item that you want. You go to their hideout and you spend the currency that you've earned. You trade the currency that you've earned to buy that item. So there's this scam that people do where they will put the item that you want in the trade window. You put all your currency in and then they'll cancel the trade. And then they'll be like, oh, sorry. And then they open the trade window back up and they put a very closely similar item that is worth nowhere near what you're paying. And then they accept the trade as fast as possible, hoping you don't notice. And yeah, I, has, I spent probably two to three weeks of grinding currency to buy a certain item. What was the, what was, what currency did you trade and what was the item you were trying to get for the people that do play Path? Uh, so this was, this was a, a while back when uh, six links mm -hmm. uh, were still worth a lot and really hard to get. They, there's some items, it, it's, it's really hard to see that, that, like part of the item makes it kind of look like there's a link there when there isn't a link, and that's a pretty common... Is that the Tabula Rasa? Scam. No, there's... I'm trying to remember which item it even is. There's like a... The item in question was a was an axe. Okay. Um, but anyway, it's... It you spent an ass load of... Yeah, ass load of currency, and that one really hurt. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and then they just, they just ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even talk to them after that. <laughs> Man, I never did stuff like that, um, but I was victim to it. And it's always it always sucks. And this is like an yeah. I don't know if it's an MMO exclusive thing, but this is definitely like where you learn the lesson. At least for a lot of people, it's like you're playing an online game mm -hmm. that has like a persistent character, and it involves another like a player economy. That's always where it happens. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was a, I have two. Well, first one is is dumb. So right after StarCraft, I started playing more online games. And one of them was like a Diablo clone called Dungeon Siege, which is the best game ever. I mean, maybe. It's so much fun. Really? At the time. I don't know how okay. it is now. But like that was the that was the game that taught me about ARPGs. It okay. taught me about like mods. So you can go and get modded spells and use those online. And it was in like so much fun. Anyways, I spent dozens of dozens of hours playing this character, building him up. I eventually got like this full set of ice armor, which I don't know if it was like, you know, great or whatever. But to me, it was like this. I, it took me my entire life to get this armor. Um, and and one thing you did in that game, there was no persistent servers. It was all just like player servers. Um, and so I would just like join random ones. And one time I joined one, and uh, my screen was just fireballs. And then I was dead. And my entire inventory and equipped items were on the ground. And he started going around and picking them up. And in my panicked kid, I unplugged the LAN cable and I turned off the computer. Oh, no. And I came back and I was naked. I lost everything, hundreds of oh, hours of stuff. no. So, like, he probably would have, like, left some of that for me to come pick up, but I was so scared that I left. But I think he, I think he did take my armor, at least. But that's what, that's what I saw. I was like, no, 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 my stuff. No, I need it. What's happening? How can someone do this? And then I realized, like, Oh, there's mean guys out there. Yeah, I was like ten. It yeah. was a rough lesson, dude. <laughs> I, I I've never played. I, you know, I've never even heard of Dungeon Siege. Came out in it's either '99 or 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. Interesting. And, uh, it has a 
redheaded character on the front of it, uh, like a warrior lady with a fiery sword. And it's just a top-down ARPG, and it was just really fun. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's just one, it's like one of those early RPGs. That, like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, yeah. you know, you get the areas, like, because you're a kid, they still have some level of, like, mysticism to it. Like, there was this one thing. It was, like, the endless desert, and you would walk around and be like, is this actually endless? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, to my kid head, it was, but right. probably not. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And then... Then there was like a. You ever play Guild Wars? You know, I I didn't really get into one that much, which best. is it's um, just the. It's, yeah, I've heard it. I, I just incredible. said I just said Dungeon Siege is the best game. Scratch that. Yeah. Guild Wars isn't the best game. Uh, yeah, I'm sad I missed out on Guild Wars one. You can still go back and play it with me. I have it installed. I go back and play every Does now it hold and again. A little bit, and it would probably hold up better if we had a friend playing it. But okay. um, that game is amazing for so many reasons. Um, which we can talk about another time, but the scam I got was just like, you know, the whole game is like, you're standing in a town when you're not out farming and you're trying to sell stuff. You're trying to buy stuff. You're trying to make more money so you can buy better stuff. Right. Um, and one guy was like selling this rare item. Um, and it was like cloth, but it was like a golden cloth. And he was like, this is rare magic item. And I can't remember the exact story he sold to me, but it was like, you're going to need to turn this into a guy and it will become the most special weapon ever. And it was literally like, he was like, I need one platinum for it, which is a ton of fucking money. And so I traded him and then I got it. And I was like, okay, how do I use it? And he goes, bye. <laughs> Shit. And it was literally like in that game, you could just dye any items. So he just took a regular piece of cloth and dyed it, whatever the color was. Oh, man. And I was like, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> but those two times, I don't think ever, I don't think since then I've really been scammed. Was, yeah. You learn those lessons once or twice and that's it. But, you know, there was no defense. There really was no defense against that kind of scam because there was no game wiki back then. No. You could look that shit up. No, there was forums. I did go to forums for like builds and stuff. Sure. But no one really talked about the scams. Yeah. It was the dumbest scam ever. He literally just sold me a cloth yeah. <laughs> or something like it was like a, something like a cloth. It was like a special rag. I was like, wow. Have you ever scammed anybody? No. I, I don't really have the heart to. I don't either. Um, griefing is one thing, but scamming is like, I, I can't hurt people's feelings. Like, because I know what that's like as a kid. Yeah. 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 Um, when I was, uh, the only time I've ever used cheats in a game was, or online game was Starcraft. And I, I did, I did grief people because I didn't want people to beat me up, but there was a thing. The only hack I ever found was called like stack hack and you could stack, uh, buildings on top of one another. And so what I would do is I would stack a thousand photon turrets on top of each other. So it would just look like one and then they would send their whole army up. And then all of a sudden there was, instead of like a single little pew, pew, it was a stream of like in every direction of like these photon beams that would just melt their armies. I'm like, that's dope. But, um, I mean, that's like, that's 10 year old behavior. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't really know what the, you know, the, the appeal is these days as an adult, but I get why yeah. 10 year olds want to do it. Absolutely. Like I see something cool in the game, you know, but yeah, scamming feels a little too mean. Hacking is whatever. I mean, I, I don't hack in games because one, I'm too dumb. I don't want to go get you know figure it all out how to do it. No. 
but two, I you know I, I think it's the com- the competitive side. Like I I want to win. Yeah. On my own merits. Yeah. Um, for me, it's it's almost it's the it's I'm such a little sissy. Like I cannot break the rules. I'm such a like rule follower and yeah. not risk taker. Yeah. And I, I I have such sentimental value over my characters and my accounts. Like I'd be so sad if I lost one. Right. Um Damn. I know people who've lost their WoW accounts. Yeah. We uh, both know people who've lost their <laughs> WoW accounts. <laughs> and other accounts. I'm like, how do you do this? And like, I just don't really care. I'm like, bro. But, yeah. Um So Guild Wars one was your first MMO? That was my first MMO. Okay. It was, I had friends that had talked to me about EverQuest, but like I could never break the barrier of monthly fee. And the thing Guild Wars did differently was it had no monthly fee. Hmm. So I got on that thing and it was like, it, it's not as MMO as other games. Like you, your towns are shared, but your areas are instanced to yourself. So you would have to like have people in your group in order to play with them. Um, so it was an MMO light, mm-hmm. but um, it still had the you know the player interaction, the community building. Like I met really good friends on on that game that I played games for with games with for years. Um, man, I fucking love that game. There's there's so many cool That's things cool. about it. Like I told you, I've told you about this, but like you're you only have eight skills in your bar. Which if you're coming from something like wow, you're like eight skills. That's lame. But it makes your builds become so like specific and like there were so many there was so much build diversity because you had dozens of skills and then on top of that the best skills in the game you had to go out into the world and fight really hard enemies for and you had to bring on on one of your eight slots you had to bring what's called a signet of capture so you were you would be sort of gimped you would only have seven slots and you'd have to use that eight slot to capture the skill from the enemy when he was really low in health and like doing this alone was really difficult so like you know, I never got all of the skills for even one character, but That's like you would, you would work so hard to get these skills and then you would have an elite skill. And, um, yeah, it's like that game introduced me to like what I like so much in games, which is like being able to build your character out in a way to do something specific that makes them really powerful in a specific situation. And I fucking love that. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would, um, there was a bunch of builds, but I, I, the one that's memorable in my head, there's a couple, but one of them was like Cyclone Warrior, where you're super squishy, but what you would do is you would have a skill that would make it so that the every person you hit, you would gain so much health back. And then you have a thing that would be like, you can only lose so much health at a time. And then you go out to this area where there was no leash on the enemies, and because you were fighting 30 of them at a time, every Cyclone Axe, you would gain all of your health back. So as long as you were maintaining your health just long enough to get to your next cooldown, your health would go to like five, and then be like full, five full, and you, everything was dying at the same rate. And so like eventually everything would just die, and you would have like a really good chance at good loot. Like I would just do that for days, yeah, uh, days, and then eventually they patched it and I was pissed. But <laughs> but there was a ton of stuff like that. Like there was builds right. to farm specific areas, specific bosses, and man, it, it like it just it was so much fun. Yeah, I appreciate that kind of. Um, how would you describe that MMO? It's more tight, less sandbox, right? Definitely less sandbox. More, it's almost like an ARPG. Yeah, it really is. It's a lot like it's it's it basically is an ARPG, but with a over the back camera or behind the back camera. But yeah, yeah. 
Uh, you know, my first MMO was WoW, which is more sandbox theme park. I mean, sand, probably not sandbox. It's more theme park MMO. Yeah. Um, I mean, I played that as and, well after shortly after Guild Wars. Yeah, I, I have I have so much nostalgia for that game, but I don't think I like theme park MMOs anymore. I don't either. I, I really tried to play this recent expansion, but what was like? What what? Where did you spend the most time in that game? Was it the original? Like the uh, original release, or was the, it the burnt? most time I spent was Burning Crusade? Oh, really? I did play Vanilla uh, when I was in the end of my senior year in high school, freshman in college when I was playing Vanilla, which is dating me. Um, but man, that game was. Um, I never played a persistent online world like that, so it was it was incredible to to like be in that universe and exploring around. And I I do love that sense of exploration in games. Yeah, um, which is something that is gone. You can't really you don't have that anymore. Yeah, for I, most game for in any online game because within a day it's going to be data mined and everything's going to be known. Yeah, that's that is a really like poisonous thing because I I remember as a kid like. Maybe that information was out there, but like things were not disseminated so fast mm-hmm. and and known so widely known so quickly. But like, like I remember so many times, like the, the leveling process in the original WoW. Like, obviously, if you played WoW Classic, you know. But it's like it, it took a long time, and I think it took longer in the original. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. I think it's probably the same. But um, as a kid, it was longer. But you would like take these flight paths and you would fly over areas with enemies that you've never seen, and like they have skulls over their head because you don't know what level they are, and you're like. That shit is crazy. And you would have yeah. this, like, idea in your head about, like, all, you, you would make up, like, what the adventure was out there. Yeah. And and that really, like, I feel like that, maybe I've lost my sense of imagination because I'm so, like, as a, as like a, as a community of gamers, we've all become so, like, what's the best gun? What's the, wh- where's the stuff? What's the secrets? You know, I've started... Particularly with new games, I've started forcing myself to not look anything up. Yes. Um, like, I went and played my my first couple of characters in the Last Epoch, that, that ARPG that's still in beta. I told myself I'm not going to look anything up because I want to I want to experience that exploration. What is this? These new skills, all these new systems. This is really cool. But I, I, I see what you mean about WoW. It, there's a specific area in WoW that uh, in... Vanilla and Burning Crusade was an endless source of fascination to me. And it's on the flight path between Mulgore, which is the Tauren area, and the Barrens. Mm-hmm. You go over these mountains, and there's this little hut on top of the mountains. And me and my friends spent, I mean, days trying to find a way to get up there. And what it is is nothing. And it's they added like, a quest in and like, four expansions yeah. later. It was There was nothing up there. Yeah, But like... We were so endlessly fascinated by it, and I don't regret spending all that time because that was fun. Like it was fun to try to figure out, like, can we? Is there a way? To, oh, can we climb up this mountain? Can we get over there? That's... And I wouldn't, but I feel like I wouldn't waste my time doing that. And I say waste my time doing that because it didn't feel like a waste at the time. Oh, dude, the, yeah. There, there was something even in Halo too. I, me and my friends spent so many hours doing like figuring out glitches and like yeah. super bounces getting out of maps and all that stuff but in wow the alliance had something similar where right next to ironforge there was a airport just like up near ironforge and you could never get there cuz there's no flying mounts but i think eventually like it was covered on g4 tv where they're like this is how you can get to the airport in wow and you like you get an amount 
you take a slow fall potion, so you fall slowly and you land on this spot, and eventually you just climb your way up, and like there's this whole fucking airport up there, and it's like this is like this is insane, like that magical stuff that you like. It's probably yeah. still there in games, but you're. I feel like yeah, maybe we're just getting older and you lose that sense of adventure. Yeah. Or imagination. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's getting a bummer. old sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Too much experience, but I mean, there are still games that do that for me. Actually, yeah. What am I saying? There's still plenty of games. Like when I was playing Elden Ring, you know, I'm not looking anything up because those yeah. games are my fucking shit. And when I started playing that game, it was like, holy fuck! Yeah, Every, everything, I, everything had that layer of like, this is really scary. I wonder what it is, and you know, I'll come back to it. I think there's a difference though, in in that I don't, I don't get that feeling in online games. Mm. Except for rarely, Destiny still hits that. Damn, playing Destiny. Um, they they do a good job of secrets and hiding stuff. I think it's pretty interesting. Hmm. So, what have you been playing as of lately? Uh, there are two games I've been playing a lot of lately that I don't feel like most people know about or have played. One is a roguelike city builder called Against the Storm. Uh-huh. First off, I love roguelikes. I am obsessed with roguelikes. What are your What are your like top? So I have an idea because they're all there's so many different ones. But. There are a lot of different ones. I think Dead Cells is up there. That's a good one. Um, that was a really great game. Um, I'm really bad at naming things on the spot. Binding of Isaac. Uh, I you know I did like Binding of Isaac. That game That game is number one. Really. With a gun to my head. I mean, that was that kind of pioneered the roguelike. I guess not pioneered, but it was one of the first. Big yeah, games, right. Yeah, it definitely did. I think for some reason, like Rogue Legacy, keeps coming to my head as something that was like early in the roguelike I did really genre. Like Rogue but, Legacy. Yeah. So yeah, Binding of Isaac. What else? Um, I can't. I know you like Slay the Spire. Oh, abs- Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. is that one hundred percent my number one roguelike of all time. That's a good fucking game. My only problem with that game was like I only ever liked playing as the robot, whatever his name was. <laughs> the robot's really good. So much fun. There are some really fun degenerate builds with the other classes, though. Yeah. You just have to play them to unlock those cards. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fucking fantastic game. Yeah. Goddamn. Um, you ever play Returnal? No. Dude, that got a PC release recently. Really? Yeah, and I started playing it again on PS5 because people were talking about it. I love that. That's that is. Cool. What is it? It's a third. So it's from. Uh, it's it's kind of like a. It's a third-person action shooter game, but it's kind of like a bullet hell, and it is, it is a roguelike, um, but it has a narrative. It's it's like imagine if you gave a AAA game, the or if you gave a roguelike a AAA budget. It looks, sounds, plays. It's the tightest playing roguelike I've okay. played. Um, it doesn't have as much depth in terms of like I wish there was more weapons and more build abilities, but um, it is so good uh and also like terrifying in a way like it's not a horror game but like there are it you're playing you're you're someone who crash landed on an alien planet and what happens is every time you die you're sent back through it like a time loop and you don't understand but you keep waking up and so it's, it's a narrative device as well and you're trying to escape this planet so like every time you die you're like i've learned this like i'm i'm logging like you your character recognizes that they're looping um but I totally lost my fucking train of thought. Of, it doesn't matter. It's a good game. Okay. Yeah, really <laughs> I good believe game. you. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Against the Storm is, is really interesting. I, I don't. Do you play much mini city builders? 
I wish I did, but no. Okay. It it's an interesting game. It captures the the early stages of a city builder of like you're trying to figure out how to set things up and uh, the the getting to the point where the city is surviving and thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it plays up until that point like um, amazingly well and then you're done with that city and you go to the next one. And that se- seems like it would be a bad thing but it's actually like it's perfect. It, it's all so it's just barely getting off the ground and then you move solving on. Solving the problems and then and then you move on and you get resources so for getting the city. You're never seeing your city thrive. Well, you're seeing it thrive and as it's thriving, it the game almost always comes to that city almost always comes to an end. Huh. And the whole premise is that you're you're building these cities in this region uh, before a cyclical storm will destroy everything. The Everstorm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it has roguelike elements, so you get you, there's a lot of randomness in the the type of resources you get, the type of perks you'll get every run. Um, man, it's a great game. Uh, and so what what is the what's like? Give me some examples of like just the the general loop. What are you doing? Uh, so you're you're gathering resources. Um, the what what's the perspective? Are you, you're gathering resources. People, you're controlling all the people. Well, you don't control the people. They, you give them orders. And like, Got like it. city builders, they build everything. Um, the the main goal is you're trying to get reputation points with the queen, which is the ruler of this whole area that you're um, building in. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to get that reputation before her impatience bar fills up. And every time you get reputation, some of her impatience will decrease. The there's a lot of pretty familiar mechanics such as um, uh, morale, but mm-hmm. in this in this I, I can't remember what they call it, but it's it's essentially people morale. Yeah. And each different there's multiple races that you manage, and each race has different morale needs, and and different food and shelter and and other things that fulfill their morale in different ways. Got so it. you have to balance that as you're building the city. Where's what's the line between like? colony management and city builder i don't know okay maybe maybe colony management is a better term for it no i mean i don't fucking know i don't play either of those genres (laughs) i've tried (laughs) i wish i could um it's it's i don't know it's a fun game it's a really relaxing well it's a it has good stress in the game um because you can you're, you're you're it's just a constant puzzle you're trying to solve Okay, the the beavers are upset. Why are they upset? Okay, I I need to build their specific houses. I need to give them their food they like. How do I do that? And the buildings you get are all <laughs> my uh, my flue is open to my my uh, fireplace, <laughs> and there's a crow on top of there, a grackle on top of there. Interesting. Talking. Um, the buildings you get every run are random, so you may not even have the stuff you need to make a certain species happy. Gotcha. So there's all there's all like this just a balancing act you have to do until you is there to the end. is there any like progression or persistence as you are you unlocking like more stuff that can be added to the pool yeah absolutely okay. like there's the whole the there's a passive skill tree that is out, outside of the game that every time you finish a run you get resources to get more and more stuff in there which is that's the roguelike element um it's a good game cool what uh what was the other one the other one is a I, I think the genre is it, it's a vampire survivor's clone. 
Survivor Love. I think they're calling it Bullet Heaven. Okay. Which I, I like that term. Yeah, it's fun. You, you just seem like you didn't like that term. I mean, it's just it's like <laughs> it's, it's so like self-masturbatory. Is it? <laughs> no, maybe not. It's the opposite of a bullet hell. Okay. Is it? Because yeah. you're putting out the bullets. Yeah. Because yeah. all okay. Instead all right. of all the bullets coming to you, you're the source of all. I, th- of I thought it was just being like, "This is a ha- you're gonna like this game." No, you don't like <laughs> no, no, bullet no. hell. It's like, fuck out of here. No, I, th- okay. I, I think I think at least it's the inverse of bullet hell. Okay. Why they call that it makes more hell. sense. It's called Nordic Ashes, and it is a it's a roguelike. Again, I just play a lot of roguelikes. Um, it's got a really great art style, uh, sort of Norse mythology themes. And, and yeah, like it has different classes and each class has different um, weapons on their skill tree. They call it constellation, but it's just a fixed, it never changes. There's always the same weapons and ultimate ability and weapons will, uh, you can level them up with, by killing the monsters, Mm -hmm. the experience you get and you'll get, they'll get random uh, perks when they level up. So like some, the, it might be increased area or increased projectile speed or more damage. And you just you just level it up and every run is different and there's different items to find like that will, you know, do very familiar things. Increase burning damage, poison damage, uh, attack speed, area, all that stuff. Hmm. Um, it's another fun game that I that's just it's just one of those kind of shut your brain off games. Yeah. You don't do anything other than walk around. Yeah, those are I, I like them. I've played two. I played one of your recommendations was Brotato. Was the one you recommended yeah. to me? Yeah, that game's fucking amazing. I like those. I like those, that genre. But yeah. You They're, should check out Nordic Ashes. I think you'll like it. If you like Brotato, you'll like it. How much Ashes. is Nordic Ashes? I don't remember. Is it one of, like it's like four or five bucks or is it like twenty bucks? It's probably like fifteen bucks. People get so greedy. <laughs> <laughs> making whole games and expecting us to pay money for them. Yeah. What the fuck? It's pretty presumptuous. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten probably 30 hours out of that game, though. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I got a lot out of Brotato, and that was like $4. Brotato's so good. It's I, a good I, game. I love that game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what about you? Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake. That it's game okay. is really good. Really? Yeah, dude. I I got, I have still have it. Resident Evil 4 on GameCube when it came out as a kid. I have really fond memories of playing that with my friend, me and him with hand off the controller. Mostly him was playing because uh, I got too scared. But um, for the most part, it's a really faithful remake. It is a fucking utterly fantastic looking game, and it runs like butter. I've run it on. I'm playing on my TV at 4K. Runs over 60 frames a second. Ray tracing on. Actually, it did run with ray tracing on, but it would crash. I turned off ray tracing. Okay. Um, so everything else on, but it looks amazing. Um, that engine is so good. And I, they're making Dragon Do- Dragon's Dogma two in it, which which is another game you should play. The original Dragon's Dogma. I know you don't really love offline RPGs, but man, uh, other than Dark Souls, I, I, and the Dark Souls isn't really necessarily offline. Yeah, there's a there's an online component to to Dragon's Dogma, where you are there's pawns, which are basically like these like lifeless. Uh, human husks that people create as their like servants and then you can go online and recruit their servants to fight with you that's kind of interesting it is kind of interesting because when you do that like the pawn learns skills and they get better at battle and they'll come back and be like i know how to beat this thing and then then you get like money and stuff because they go help other people it's really cool that's cool anyways i don't know why that's a huge tangent that engine's really fucking good 
Okay. Um, uh, no, we've talked about it, but I, I can never play those games. I don't like horror games. I'm, I'm too scared. So, like, the fact that I'm playing this is maybe an indication that, like, it's not so scary. I mean, I'm playing it very slow. I, I've had it for a week now. Maybe, maybe more. More than a week. More than a week? More than a week? I don't remember. Okay, you know what the... you know what, I, No, it came out... I've only had it for five, six days. But I'm only, like, just at the castle, which in Resident Evil terms, like, my friends already beat it, like, three days ago, so... I'm moving slow. The the thing that I can't do in horror games, it's not like the jump scares or creepy atmosphere. It's, and, and I don't know psychologically why this is, but I cannot stand it when there's a thing chasing me that I can't kill. That is 100% an issue that I have and many other people have, and they don't like that shit. And this isn't one of those games. Like, there are Resident Evil games that have that. You know, 8 had it to some extent, um, but like... Uh, in two, the two remake, they had a guy named Mr. X, and it was the worst part of. I had to call my friend Brian, and I, I had to screen share with him, and he had to talk me through every part with that guy, every single part. I was like, "What do I do? What do I do? What do I do?" Because when you have those situations, you cannot stop, fight, and then think. You have to think and run. Right. And I cannot think when I'm scared. So, like in right. every, almost every time i'm fighting something in in resident evil 4 i go into a corner and i wait and then people come and go bang 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 and then sometimes i die but most of the time i go bang 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 and they're dead and then i can go anyways now i can think about what i have to actually do which i appreciate giving me the option to do that you know obviously the game probably wants you to run around and do stuff while you're fighting but i don't like that so um and i will say like my one problem with that game is when you play a game like Dark Souls, and you're exploring an area, you can inch into the area and sort of observe and look around and say, like, okay, there's an archer up here. There's a dude. I, if I spin my camera around, I can see that he's hiding behind here. For the most part in Resident Evil 4 Remake, you are walking into an area, and you see one or two guys. You might shoot them, and then it's over. And then you walk over a trigger point, and they spawn enemies in front and behind you. And the fact that there's no ability to be like, I know that where all these enemies, like, no. Right. They're just going to spawn, and the game determines, like, not only is there, like, predetermined spawn points, but there's, like, a sliding difficulty scale within each difficulty. So, like, if you're doing good, they'll spawn more enemies. And so, like, thankfully, like, the music will slow down and stop once your combat's over, and that'll give you, like, a sense of reprieve. But, um, and so, like, in the, in the original game, there's an intro, intro, introductory village section where, um, it's the first time you're doing real combat outside of like a couple guys in the, in the very beginning, but you walk into this village and there's a ton of fucking people and it's basically just like a survive the horde kind of thing. Cause there's dudes running at you that seem endless, but then like a bell rings and they all leave and he goes, where's everyone going? Bingo. And you know, it's like a, the bell rung, the music stopped, you're calm. You, then you can go around and explore the village and collect all the ammo and stuff that you missed. So I was doing that this time and I walk into a building and I'm collecting ammo, and I walk by this fucking wardrobe, and a guy pops out and goes, bah! And I fucking actually pooped my pants. Uh, I was so pissed, because I was like, they took away my reprieve. It's, it's like, yeah. but, um, it's really good. Uh, the, the combat, at first I wasn't a huge fan of. I, I feel like every gun in their original Resident Evil had a red dot, um, like a laser. Because one of the things that Resident Evil 4 pioneered, I believe, again, I believe this is my headcanon, is they pioneered, like, um, when enemies would throw an axe at you, you could shoot the axe out of the air. 
I mean, you can only do that because the laser was like, you could follow where the laser was going really easy. Right. Um, and in the original one, you couldn't move and shoot. So you were stopping to aim. It was more like a little shooting gallery. Um, but you would also, you could also like shoot their legs and they would fall to their legs and you go up and kick them. And like, they were very reactive to the, the bullets. Um, and in this game, you don't have a laser sight um, to begin with. And then you only get one for like the pistols and, and only some of the pistols. That was kind of a bummer for me. Um, and maybe, maybe there's, I just got to the castle, so maybe some of the other guns have ones you can get them for too as well. But for the most part, it's not a huge issue. You mostly only need it on the handguns, but I would like one on my Red 9, which is the gun I have now, but whatever. Um, that game is looks good. It's very scary uh, to me. I think to most people, it's probably not a very scary game. It's it's definitely like an action-oriented game. Um, but there are t- it's tense. There are yeah. tense moments. Anytime there's combat, I'm like, I'm tense. But there's enough balance between... Tense combat and then like exploring the area, like not really solving puzzles in this game so much, but um, making sure you get all the collectibles and things like that. Um, that's really fun. That's cool. Um, the only the only other issue I have is that the difficulty seems too high. Like they they have, it's very clear that they have a a folk like a like a sliding scale of like how much ammo I'm going to give you versus how much you need, and you're never going to be at a surplus. Um, and you're always going to feel like you're right on the edge because it's a survival horror game. So that adds, that is clearly in the intended thing. Like it's supposed to feel tense. You're supposed to feel like you need to conserve ammo and you got to shoot them in the legs and go up and melee them as much as you can. But um, you're always at a fight for resources. Um, and that is okay, but um, it's not the most fun. Do, do all the Resident Evil games do that? Yeah. I feel like in eight... It was much less so, but um, and four originally I didn't feel that way. Actually, I shouldn't say all of them because five, five and six like as one four was a shift in the series. It, it went from those like isometric um, fixed camera angles right. to like the over the shoulder camera, um, and then after that it, it got more actiony, and then after that it progressively got more actiony with five and six until they reset it with seven which is like set in that like, I think Louisiana swamp house. It's fucking too scary for me to even look at. I tried playing that one because I platinumed RE8 and then I went back and I was like, I can do this now. No, not a fucking chance. Yeah, I, I think that's the other thing that keeps you from those games is if that, that sort of resource economy because if they gave me enough bullets yeah. to where I could sc- just scream and shoot, I think I could get through them. Yes. And... But and, and I, they don't. They and it's did, on purpose, obviously. They kind of do. I've never fully run out of ammo. But you do get down to a point where you're like, holy fuck, I just ended this fight and I literally have three bullets left. But then they're like, we know you have three bullets left. We're going to drop like just enough things to keep to get you by. So it's good in that sense um, that you're always going to have something, but maybe not always what you want. But those games do a really good job for replayability where they'll give you um, – so Resident Evil 4 has, they changed the name of it, but in the original one it was called the Chicago Typewriter, and that is just a Tommy gun. And that, I, I think in the original RE4 just had uh, unlimited ammo by default, and you never had to reload. Uh, it was fucking awesome. awesome. They also have an infinite rocket launcher that you can get uh, once you beat the game, and then they also have a hand cannon, which is like a giant magnum that one hit kills everything. And all uh, those three guns you can get unlimited ammo for, so... Um, there's something there's something to be said for like if you do enjoy the game, you're eventually going to be able to go through and just stomp everything. 
which is a lot of fun. Uh, although, like, I looked at the requirements for unlocking those in this one, and they're, like, a lot more steep than they were before. Like, you have to beat the game on professional, which is the hardest difficulty. And I'm on normal, which is two steps down from that, and it's already really hard. So unless you can go through with, like, a new game plus with all your upgraded shit, like, maybe then it's doable, but I don't really know. I wish uh, I could play those games. Dude, there, yeah, there's something to them. Like, I don't really play many horror games. Don't, I don't play many horror games. In fact, I think... Resident Evil might be the only hard game I play. Mm. And um, I played Dead Space growing up, but like, I can't really think of any other examples. Like, I consider games like Control to be too scary. You play Control? I didn't play Control. Fuck, man. Um, I mean, I couldn't play Last of Us. I, could, I consider Last of Us to be too scary. I beat Last of Us 1, but it was very difficult for me. Yeah. Um, I'm stuck in Last of Us 2. It's too fucking scary. Like, every time you go into an abandoned building and you turn on that, like, Spidey sense where you see where everyone is, and you're like, and you hear like that. I can't oh, do it, dude. It's too stressful. I'm so happy they made a show because that's a story I've always wanted to experience, but I never could because yeah. I could not get through the game. It's pretty faithful. The only thing I will say, this is a spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> uh, is in the show. You finished it, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, the 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 choice in the game maybe felt more like a choice, like for him leaving with Ellie. Because you get to that room and you're aiming the gun for as long as you want. And you're like, do I make this decision or do I not? And obviously, like in retrospect, like this was never a cure that was going to work. You need to get Ellie out there. Um, okay. But, but it, so in the game, you're like, you have time to ponder. You're holding the gun up at the nurses and you're like, you have to kill them for it to end. Oh, okay. So wait, back up. So in the game, you could let them proceed with the operation. No, but it made you think you could. Oh, because okay. you you were you were you, you it didn't the scene didn't end until you killed the nurses. In my memory, ninety nine point nine percent sure that's how it happened. But yeah, you were holding the gun up to them, and you could like point the gun. And they go, oh no, and you like put it down. And they was, like, <laughs> and, and like you, you like you really had to like you had to, you had to be the one to pull the trigger. So it was. It wasn't a choice, but like it was like you had to. It gave you the illusion of a choice. Exactly. Okay. Um, so, and in the show, I felt like it was very much like. Yeah, he shot that doctor quick. Dude, that was so quick. It was. I liked the way they did it. I thought it was really true to uh, true to his character. Yeah. Um, but it was it was brutal. Yeah, that show was fan fucking tastic. Yeah. That is far and away the best video game adaptation. Oh, absolutely. In a show or movie, there's no no comparison. Um, yeah, I'm. You know nothing about Last of Us Two? No. It's gonna be a fun I season. I can't play the games. It's gonna be a fun second season. I didn't even know anything about the Last of Us One. I, oh, that's amazing that you didn't get that spoiled. I yeah. Chris didn't either. I didn't. You know, because I, I I didn't check. I don't ever went to the subreddit. You know, I I never knew anything yeah. about the games. So yeah, it was awesome. But I mean, I'm surprised with Adam in the office. Like, you know, I, he loved those <laughs> games. So surprised he wasn't like, "This happens." Yeah, that's actually pretty incredible. Yeah, that he never just shouted out the ending. Yeah. Can we talk about one thing non-gaming related, real quick? Anything you want, man. We're here all day. I have you seen the new uh, trailer for the Wes Anderson movie? No. What is it? I hate Wes Anderson. Do you like Wes Anderson? He's this the, is going to be a polarizing. He, wait, this is going to show my ignorance. He's the the Royal Tenenbaums guy. Yes. Okay. 
Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes. I, I don't like his movies. I don't think they're bad. I just like don't really care about artsy fartsy shit. Okay, good. That actually makes it a lot better because yeah. I, I feel very I feel very isolated in that opinion. Well, you're gonna if if anyone were to watch this that does like those movies, they're gonna think less of you because they're gonna think like, oh, he's a simpleton. He can't understand the art, and and and, yeah. and that's fine. I just like don't see, I, care. I dis- I, but I would disagree with that. <laughs> okay, so the, I gave you the comment. Now, what what's your disagreement? <laughs> I know we're getting off track. I don't care. This this is not. There's no definition to this. Man, I hate those movies so much, and it's because, and this is this is what I feel very strongly, that his the storytelling, his stories are boring, incredibly boring. Yeah, and he substitutes any real storytelling with an unbelievable oversaturation of style. Wouldn't you say that the like the story's not carrying that much weight is the thing he's going for? He he's, yeah maybe it's it's like it's almost like a slice of life movie in in for many of his movies. Yeah, but but slice of life, but nobody's life is like the way that he portrays people's lives. It's it's a fantasy slice of life. I feel like I feel like he. I don't know. It, it, how it comes across to me is that he's portraying real people in a quirky way. Yeah. But it's so over the top that it takes me completely out of the movie because nobody nobody <laughs> talks like that, nobody acts like that. The world doesn't look like this. Right. So what are you getting at? So what's what's the new trailer that bothers you so much? I I, I think it's called Atomic City. Okay. But I just saw it today. This so morning, right? What, what about what here. about it? It just looks it just piss you stupid. Off. Yes. And, and it put me in a bad mood because I know I'm surrounded by people who are so excited about Wes Anderson movies. You're mad that other people are like no, this no, no, movie no, no. and they're it's also not, stupid. That's, that's not it. It's that I feel isolated. His movies make me feel isolated yeah. because I feel like an insane person because I think they're fucking We, we should stop him from making movies so you don't feel bad. I, yes. Thank <laughs> you. That's exactly man. No, yeah, but I'm, I'm glad somebody else. I, I'm dude, obviously being a little over the top with yeah. my critique, but I really don't like those movies. And I'm glad there's they're, at least one other. They're person. just not. I mean, they're just not for me. I just feel like they're boring. Yeah, they're, okay. yeah people can people can like them all they want. I don't fucking care. I just don't like them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe there was one I like. Maybe I liked Life Aquatic just for like the. Uh, he has good vibes and his like style, like you said, is good vibes. Oh yeah. Um, maybe maybe some of it's funny. So there's there's some redeeming qualities for me, but like I'm not gonna fucking go out of my way to watch one of his movies ever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I pretty much like turned most of them off partway through, but that's fine. Okay. Uh, good. I got, I got that off my chest, so we can we can move on. All right. Well, well I say this was a good time. Yeah. Let's do this again. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, and thank you for if you're watch if there's a single person watching this. Thanks. Bye. Hope to watch again. <laughs>